Okay, welcome everyone to Denbo Live. This week we're going to be discussing one of my favorite movies, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original, not the remake. I never saw the remake. I have no desire whatsoever to see the remake because I don't think you can improve whatsoever on the classic Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. That was by far one of the greatest uh, performances that he ever did. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, we're going to be discussing the movie, not the book. Hopefully everyone that's watching has seen the movie. Otherwise, it's going to be a little difficult to follow the first 10 to 15 minutes of this presentation. But after that, then there'll be ideas that you'll be able to latch on to. Well, we're going to give a nice analysis of the movie. The opening image of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the opening image as the credits are rolling in the title images is all of this candy running across the assembly line, all of these chocolates and all kinds of delicacies being wrapped, etc. And that image tells you what the entire movie is about. If there's one thing living out here in Los Angeles is you start to learn the genre of screenwriting. That's because everyone you meet is either quote unquote in the business or wants to be in the business. And even if they're not in the business or want to be in the business, then they're surrounded by the business. And they will tell you that the opening image of a movie, that tells you what the whole movie is about. And you could stop it right there and you could get an understanding of what the movie is about. And with all of that assembly line chocolate flying by, immediately the image that is drilled into your brain is you want that. The movie is all about pleasure and that you want this pleasure that's being offered. And the opening scene when the movie begins is all of these children, all of these school kids running at breakneck speed to get to the candy store, to get into this candy store to buy the candy. And the candy man sings the song, who can make the sun shine? Who can make the world taste good? The Candyman can. And the world tastes good as it ought to because the Candyman thinks that it should. That is what the movie's about. The movie is giving you a message that the world is about pleasure and everyone wants this pleasure. And then we are shown the protagonist of the movie, Charlie, at the end of that scene. Charlie is standing outside looking in. He's on the outside looking in. He's alone and he is left out. And he's left out of all of this indulgence that the world is being offered. The world of the, 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 world of the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the world of pleasure is that chocolate. And Charlie is left on the outside. And we are given an image that not only is Charlie left on the outside, and though he's not caught up in the rat race to get the chocolate, but he's not able to, even though he wants to. He's on the outside looking in, and he wants that pleasure, but he's trapped. He's trapped in poverty. He's trapped in a family that has given up hope. His grandparents have been living in their beds for 20 years. They've been living in their beds for 20 years, and Grandpa Joe says that, he, I'm going to get out of this bed. And his mother, Charlie's mother, says, you've been saying that for 20 years. And Grandpa says, well, maybe if the floor wasn't so cold. He's given up. 
Charlie is trapped and he is the protagonist. Every movie uh, has a protagonist that has to go through some change. And Charlie, he is the protagonist of this movie. He is alone on the outside of this world of pleasure looking in and he wants it. And the catalyst that is going to be thrown at him is this chocolate factory. Willy Wonka throws a contest. It's not even a contest, it's a lottery if you would. It's a lottery where he throws out five golden tickets. And these five golden tickets are open to anyone who can get them and they will be given an entrance to the factory and a lifetime supply of chocolate. And this lottery, this contest, this is the catalyst. This is the catalyst Charlie believes. That is the ticket to his happiness. All Charlie wants to do is make his family happy. That's all he wants. He wants his family to live with pleasure. And when he gets his payday, he runs and he buys a loaf of bread for the family. He doesn't in indulge it on himself. And he saves a little bit of money so his grandpa can buy tobacco. He wants to give his family pleasure. And he thinks, this is it. This is his ticket. This is his ticket. He's going to be able to get the happiness. However, the debate that Charlie has, the struggle that Charlie has is does he think that he has the chance to get that happiness? There's only five tickets. And there's so many scenes where he asks his grandpa, do you think I have a chance to get a ticket? And his grandpa says, of course you have a chance. I expect you to get all five. And Charlie says, no, just one's enough for me. Charlie has this struggle, this debate back and forth and back and forth. Do I really have a chance for that happiness? Do I really have the chance to get that ticket into the factory? That is the debate. That's the struggle that Charlie goes through in this film. And the theme that we are given in this unbelievable scene where Charlie, after three of the tickets have been found, Charlie goes to visit his mother. And we are shown his mother. She's a laundry woman. She's cleaning. I mean, it's like this, you know, grinding work. She's grinding over these big buckets of laundry and Charlie stops in to tell her that three of the tickets have been found and he starts to give up hope and he says mom you know if you think that I'm going to get one of those tickets well you can count me out I'm not going to get one of those tickets you can just count me out and his mother says to him something so unbelievable this is the theme of the movie his mother says to him let me make sure I try and get this I actually took notes here I wanted to make sure I got this right his mother says to him an unbelievable line. She says that, she says there's a given, there's a conversation that takes place. She says, it's not going to happen. You're not going to get one of these tickets, but that won't matter. That won't matter that you won't get one of these tickets because you'll be no different than the millions of other people that don't get the ticket. And Charlie says, yeah, but I am different than everybody else. And his mother says, you're right, you are different. You are different, and she sings the song. And Okay, I'm not going to go into the songs, but she sings a song. Charlie, cheer up, Charlie. Be happy you're you. That's the theme of the movie. Charlie has been given this 
image that everyone is running after this chocolate and that's what's going to give them pleasure and that's what's going to give them happiness. And Charlie has this struggle. Do I have the ability to get that? Yes, no, now you've got these tickets. Maybe I can get it. And he doesn't realize that he already has the ticket. He already has the ability to be happy. He's living with his family that are close and they love each other. And yes, he has struggles. And we're going to see that that's part of the test that Charlie has to go through. But yet he has the ability already. And sure enough, Charlie goes and he actually finds the fifth ticket. And that's when we cut to act two. After Charlie finds his ticket, we now cut to act two. And act two is when the five of them, the five lucky ticket holders are able to go into the factory and lo and behold as they get into the factory in act two one by one each of the ticket holders slowly seem to disappear because they break a rule of some sort that the factory has there are rules in the factory and they all had to sign the contract when they went in and slowly but surely one by one they start to fall by the wayside First, Augustus Gloop falls into the chocolate river. Then after that, then you have, after Augustus Gloop, then you've got, who goes next? Who goes next after him? After him, I believe, is, uh, I'll try and guess. Who's after Augustus Gloop? After Augustus Gloop is, is uh, Violet. After Augustus Gloop is Violet. And then Violet turns into a blueberry. And then after Violet turns into a blueberry, then sure enough, my favorite, Veruca. Veruca with the golden egg. She wants the golden egg and she goes down the chute. And then finally, Mike TV gets shrunken into a midget. Each one of them, one by one, is slowly falling by the wayside. And sure enough, Charlie himself almost fell as well. The protagonist in every movie is thrown a challenge where you think he was victorious, but inevitably he actually fails. And that's what happens to Charlie. After the second one falls by the wayside, after Augustus Gloop fell into the river, and after Violet turned into a blueberry, Charlie and his grandfather, they also break a rule. And they steal some of the fuzzy lifting soda. And they almost die. They almost get killed in the fans that are rotating up on the top. Because they snuck away. And they, the fuzzy lifting drinks. Thank you. Thank you, Eitan G. The fuzzing lifting drinks. They stole some of the fuzzy lifting drinks. And they almost got killed. And they figured out how to get down by burping. And they floated down. And Grandpa says, let's stay on our feet from now on and catch up with the others. And a very telling line there, catch up with the others. The others are slowly falling away one by one. And Charlie and his grandfather broke the rules. And they think they get away with it. And sure enough, what, um, what Blake Snyder, I've got my trusty little book here, the Save the Cat Goes to the Movies, what Blake Snyder calls, all is lost. At the end of the movie, is slowly you think that the protagonist is going to lose everything. Because what turns out when they thought they won that victory, where they thought they got away with stealing the fuzzy lifting drinks, they get caught. And Willy Wonka says to them, you get nothing. You don't get the chocolate. 
you get nothing. You stole fuzzy lifting drink, you touched the ceilings that now have to be cleaned and sterilized, and you broke the rules. It's all right here in the contract. You get nothing. Good day. Fizzy. All right, I'm sorry, Eitan. Fizzy. I like fuzzy for some reason. <laughs> fizzy. Fizzy lifting drinks. Yeah, maybe fizzy's better. And sure enough, Grandpa Joe turns to Charlie and he says, "You're a, first he turns to Willy Wonka and he says, you're a crook. You're a no good thief building up a boy's hopes and then shattering them like that. You're a crook and a thief. You build up these boys' hopes and then you shatter them like that. We're going to get you. And he grabs Charlie and he says, come on, Charlie, let's go. Come on, Charlie, let's go. And he grabs Charlie and he says, I'm going to get him if it's the last thing I do. We're going to give Snugglesworth that everlasting gobstopper. And right there, you have what's called the Dark Knight, where Charlie has that moment, Slugworth, where Charlie has that moment where he has to make a decision. Do I choose to follow Grandpa Joe to a ticket of what could be the very salvation? Remember, all Charlie wanted was pleasure and happiness. And what he thought pleasure and happiness was, was to make sure that his family had comfort. And Slugworth offered him in the beginning of the movie, all you have to do is get one everlasting gobstopper and I will make you rich. Your family will be provided for for the rest of their lives for one gobstopper. And Charlie at that moment has the choice and he chooses to give back the gobstopper. And that brings us into Act 3. Act 3, after he gives back the gobstopper, Willy Wonka says, A good deed shines in a weary world. And he stands up and he says, Charlie, you won! He won the battle! You won the battle! And Charlie says, what, the chocolate? I get the lifetime supply of chocolate? And Willy Wonka says, the chocolate? More! And they run into the glass elevator and they have to break through the ceiling. And the final image, the final closing image of the movie is Charlie is told by Willy Wonka, be careful. Remember what happened to the boy that all of his dreams came true. And Charlie said what? He lived happily ever after. Do you see, Charlie was given a choice. Is the ticket what's going to make me happy? And yes, of course, you could ask the question in the end. He got the ticket, but it wasn't the ticket. It was the struggle that Charlie had to go through. Does he realize that the thing that's going to give him real pleasure is the choice that he had to make? The choice that he had to make was, do I live by my values, which is why Willy Wonka wanted to give him the factory in the first place, or do I choose to grab the momentary pleasure that everyone was running after. It's a fascinating thing. Grandpa Joe says in the beginning of the movie, when he comes home with that loaf of bread, that he took his paycheck and grabbed the loaf of bread, Grandpa Joe, he runs in and he says, I'm tired of eating cabbage water. Look at what I got. And his mother said, where did you get that loaf of bread? She knew he didn't have any money. And Grandpa says something so telling. What? difference does it make as long as he got it? 
Grandpa Joe is the one that was feeding Charlie this idea that whatever it takes to get your pleasure, even if it means compromising your values, because that's exactly what Grandpa Joe did to Charlie in the factory. It was Grandpa Joe that said to Charlie, hey, let's stay back and take some of the fizzy soda. And it was Grandpa Joe who said to Willy Wonka, you're a crook for building up a boy's dreams. Because it was Grandpa Joe that kept saying, you're going to get all the tickets. You're going to get all five tickets. Grandpa Joe, who was Charlie's hero, is the one that lost the battle in the end. And Charlie was victorious when he chose to give back the gobstopper. You see, that's the lesson of the whole Torah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, as the movie's called, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, is really the lesson of the whole Torah. Because the Torah says that that is the whole point. The whole point of this world that we live in is pleasure. We're supposed to get pleasure, all the pleasures that life has to offer. But we have to realize that pain and work and effort in choosing to live by our values is the price that we have to pay for pleasure. And that is a struggle that each and every one of us lives with. You see, just like Charlie had that debate, we also struggle with that debate. And just like the struggle that we have to make is to live by our values, what that really means is we have to change. Living by our values means the debate that we have, just like Charlie had the debate, am I going to get a ticket? Am I worthy? That's what really Charlie was asking. Am I worthy of a ticket? Am I really, do I really have the same ability as everybody else to get a golden ticket? And you know what our struggle is? Our struggle is not do we get a golden ticket. We already have a golden ticket. Our struggle is, am I really able to live by my values? i.e., am I able to change? Am I able to change some of the things and some of the ways and the habits that I live with because it's painful to live up to my values? And that's what those four other kids represented. Each of those four kids that went into the factory with Charlie, each one of them represented that idea. Each one of them, go through each one of them, starting with the first one, Veruca. What a classic individual she was. She was the first one to find the tickets. And Veruca, what is it that she was? She wasn't the first. I'm sorry. She was the second. That's the whole point. She was upset that she wasn't the first. The first ticket was Augustus Gloop. <laughs> what a great, that image of Augustus Gloop. They go and his father's a butcher. And they go there and the whole image of Augustus Gloop is everyone eating, eating, and eating. Indulgence. That's the first challenge. If we really want pleasure, the first thing we have to realize is we don't get pleasure by indulging. That's not going to give us pleasure. It's like the old example that I've taught many times, the guy with the ice cream. You know, he gets to the end and he feels sick afterwards. Augustus Gloop is the epitome of indulgence. So much so, and he gets this from his father. Remember, they held the microphone up to his father. And what did his father do? His father ate the microphone. I mean, that's what his father did. His father ate the microphone. So Augustus represents that idea of indulging in pleasure 
actually steals our pleasure. The second one was Veruca. Veruca was so upset that she wasn't first. I have to be first. Veruca represents that idea that so many of us walk around with, that my identity is totally dependent upon my comparison to everybody else. And if anybody else is number one, then I'm no good. If anybody else has a nicer car than I do, I'm no good. If anybody else is number one, then I stink. That's the whole idea of Cain and Abel. That was the whole story of Cain and Abel. Cain was so upset, he was engrossed with fury because God chose Abel's offering and not his. It's like I remember, I, I wish I remember his name. It was a, a sports character. And at the time, he was the sixth highest paid baseball player at the time. And he was furious that his contract made him the sixth, not the top five. He wanted to be in the top five. That's what Veruca represents. The third ticket, the third ticket was Violet. What was Violet? She was the gum chewer. Now, the reason that this one's a little difficult one, but you know, in the movie, Willy Wonka says, I know a worse habit. You know, someone says, I know a worse habit. Someone says, chewing gum is a horrible habit. I think it's Mike TV says to Violet, chewing gum is a disgusting habit. Meanwhile, Mike had his finger up his nose and Willy Wonka says, I know a worse habit. <laughs> no, Violet was the one chewing gum and Mike TV said to Violet, chewing gum is a disgusting habit. And Willy Wonka said to Mike, I know a worse habit. But what Violet represents is habit. We are creatures of habit. So much of what we do is bad habit. We just got to get rid of it. And then finally, Mike TV. You know what Mike TV represents? Escapism. He's all about TV. Escapism. And the irony of ironies is when Mike TV is shown WonkaVision. And WonkaVision, remember WonkaVision? That's when Willy Wonka took the real chocolate bar and transferred it to the little box and it was a real chocolate bar. And Willy Wonka said, go on, take it. Take the chocolate bar. And Mike TV is the one who says, what do you mean take it? It's not real. He's the one who says it's not real. But his whole life is not real. His whole life is a life of illusion. And that's the struggle we also do. Sometimes we want to escape and live a life of illusion. And those four other individuals, they are the epitome of the opposite of what, of what Charlie has to choose. There's an idea in screenwriting that if the protagonist doesn't change, it's equals to stasis, it's equal to death. That the choice that the protagonist has to make is between life and death. And that is shown so beautifully in this movie. When each one of the characters failed their individual test, you were given the notion that they were going to die. When Augustus Gloop fell into the river, his mother said, he's going to be turned into marshmallows. And Willy Wonka says, impossible, absurd. How come? Because that tube doesn't go to the marshmallow room. It goes to the fudge room. It goes to the boiler. And his mother says, you're going to boil him. He's going to die. He's going to be boiled. Veruca, Violet, Violet, when she turns into a blueberry, she has to be taken to the juicing room. She's going to be squeezed like an orange, crushed into the juicer. Veruca, she has to go to the 
garbage chute which goes to the um, what's it called to the to the to the to the burning of the garbage. What's the word? There's a word for that. The the when you burn garbage, I forget what he called it. He's going. She was being sent to the to the to the to the burning thing, whatever the burning thing of garbage is, <laughs> the incinerator. She's going to be sent to the incinerator. You're going to incinerate her. Her father said. And finally, Mike TV, he had to be sent to the molasses room where he was going to be stretched. And remember, one of the Oompas said, one of the Oompas said to Willy Wonka, he whispered to him. And Willy Wonka said to him, no, of course, I won't hold you liable if anything goes wrong, i.e. if you stretch him and he snaps in half. You were given the image that each one of them could die. And such a powerful poignant point at the end of the movie, right when Willy Wonka is saying goodbye and you think all is lost, and he says, goodbye to Charlie and Grandpa. Please see yourselves out. Charlie says, what happens to the others? And Willy Wonka says a beautiful line. He says, don't worry about them, Charlie. When they leave here, they will be the exact same as they were when they came in. Hopefully, a little wiser. Hopefully, though. But Willy Wonka is telling us, if we don't change... We stay the same, that's death. That's the incinerator, that's the boiler, that's the stretching, that's the juicer, it's death. We make mistakes, hopefully we get a little wiser, Willy Wonka's telling us. But if we continue to make mistakes and not change, that's death. But here's the clincher. The ultimate pleasure, the ultimate pleasure that this world has to offer is taking responsibility for the world is choosing life. And choosing life means choosing to take responsibility for the world. When Willy Wonka shows us that beautiful paradise room where everything is edible, that is the Garden of Eden. When Hashem created us and put us in this world, He put us in the Garden of Eden. And it says about the Garden of Eden that everything was edible. Even the trees were edible. It's not just the fruit on the trees. The trees themselves were edible and it was all for us for the taking. And that's what Willy Wonka says. It's all for you, for the taking. Just don't mess up my garden. Don't destroy it. Take care of it. And that's the image of the Oompa Loompas. Willy Wonka says, I, these Oompa Loompas, they were living in a land of desolation. And I brought them all here so I could take care of them. And what is Willy Wonka looking for? He's looking for someone to take on that responsibility. And that's the final image of the movie where Willy Wonka says to Charlie, the chocolate, the chocolate, that's secondary. You get the whole thing. You get the factory. You get the chocolate factory. You get the world. And that is Abraham. Abraham is the father of the Jewish people because Abraham turned to Hashem and said, I'm taking care of the world. People always say, why do Jews think they're the chosen people? And there's such a powerful answer. The reason that Abraham is the father of the Jewish people is not because God chose Abraham. It's because Abraham chose God. That's why Abraham is the father of the Jewish people, because Abraham chose God. And that is the image that we are given when Charlie is given the struggle at that final moment. Does he run to Slugworth or does he give back the gobstopper? And he turns and he chooses Willy Wonka.
and he gives him back the gobstopper. And because he chose Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka chooses him. And he says, you own the factory. You see, each and every one of us, you and I, we were given a golden ticket. You know what our golden ticket is? Life. We were thrown into the chocolate factory. We were thrown into the chocolate factory, and it's all here for the taking. If we realize that the struggle we have to challenge ourselves with is, how do we choose? Do we choose to indulge? Do we choose to give in to habit? Do we choose to escape the struggle? Or do we choose to embrace it and realize that all we have to do is take responsibility and we will have all of our dreams come true and we'll live happily ever after. That's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Any questions? Wow, look at this. We got a long list here. All right, Slugworth, thank you, Eitanji. All right, here we go. Um, okay, we got sound fine. Jeez, and I thought it was all about fat midgets. Thank you, Traeger. There was definitely fat midgets. Um, Mike TV, yeah. Fizzy lifting drinks. Eitan, thank you. I got it's fizzy now, not fuzzy. Um, snazberries. Whoever heard of a snazberry? No, it's, is it snazberry? Snazberries, not snazberries. 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 What about the midgets? The midgets are humanity. That's what the midgets represent. They're not midgets. They're Oompa Loompas. They're Oompa Loompas. I'm sensing an analogy. Are Willy Wonka bars even kosher? Yes, they are. Willy Wonka bars are owned by Nestle, and they happen to be O-U-D. Now, I don't know if all of their, I don't know if all of their stuff has hashgaka, but I do know that the Willy Wonka chocolate bar is kosher. Mark Traeger, are midgets kosher. You know, that's what happens when you live in San Francisco. You start making comments like that. Yeah, uh, sticks here. I'm going to buy one now. I want a golden ticket. You have a golden ticket, Mike. Gluttony. Yeah, that's gluttony. Gluttony is, that was Augustus Gloop. Vanity. Vanity was, uh, vanity was Veruca. Violet, what do you get when you guzzle down treats? Yeah, that was the Oompa Loompa song. Their songs were great. The Oompa Loompa songs were brilliant. Are you really saying that Willy Wonka is God? I'm saying that Willy Wonka represents, you know, in, in, in movies there also happens to be what's called, um, what's called a, a, a B story, where there's a sub story that's going on in the movie. Willy Wonka is that sub story. He happens to have some flaws. I mean, obviously the analogy of Willy Wonka being God is obviously limited, but because he does have some, some flaws of his own that he goes through. I didn't want to deal with that, but yes, Willy Wonka is the representation of the entity that's giving pleasure in that world. In the world of Willy Wonka, he's the one offering pleasure, and everybody wants it. Everybody's after it. You know, and even that, for example, you know, there was a false fourth ticket. There was a false fourth ticket where that gambler from South America, you know, the 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 he, he faked the ticket. And the idea there is, is the whole world was mad. They wanted these tickets. The newscaster even said at one point when, all, when they thought all the tickets were found, they said, all right, so much. The five tickets have been found. And for the rest of us that have not found it, you know, we have to stop and appreciate and realize that there are more important things in life. I just can't think of what they are right now. Because in that world, that represents pleasure. 
Not money, but the chocolate. The chocolate is the key to everything because it represents pleasure, what we all want. And Willy Wonka is the one who provides it. So that's what, that's what we mean that Willy Wonka is God in the movie. Willy Wonka created Wonka Vision, as close to God as you're going to get. Yep, well said, Eitan. Um, hey. Nice. False fifth ticket. So the Oompa Loompas are angels. No, Mike, you missed it. The Oompa Loompas are humanity. We have to choose as Abraham, as the people of Abraham, as the Jewish people, or as anybody for that matter, our responsibility is to realize that we were put into this chocolate factory. We were put into the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is the chocolate factory, and we have to take care of it. And we have to take responsibility for it. And taking responsibility for it means taking responsibility for humanity. And taking responsibility for humanity is the Oompa Loompas. Goyim, Jews, whoever. Humanity. All of them. Humanity. We have to take responsibility for humanity. And that's what the Oompa Loompas represent. Willy Wonka just said, I took care of them, and I'm looking for someone to take over the factory to take care of them for me. Okay? Does that, does that answer it? All right. I, 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 um, there's so much more I can share. I would, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but anybody, any other questions? No, any other questions? I hope everyone enjoyed. I hope everyone enjoyed. And, um, all right. I hope everyone enjoyed. Thank you all for joining.